It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The beard abides. Without Joel Embiid, James Harden was the dude as the Sixers take game one from the Celtics in Boston. Also, speaking of Boston, the Bruins made the wrong kind of history, and Steph Curry is truly one of a kind. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Game one against the Boston Celtics without Joel Embiid was supposed to mean the Philadelphia 76ers had no chance. But James Harden pulled a Han Solo and said, never tell me the odds. He was fantastic. 45 points in this one, including a monster three late in the fourth quarter. And the Sixers shocked the Celtics 119-115 to take a 1-0 series lead. Von Givens from Locked On Sixers joins me now. And this was a vintage James Harden performance in a a time when we weren't even sure what his health was coming into this game. What was he able to exploit without Joel Embiid? Well, one of the things, Peter, that he talked about on Sunday before they left to travel to Boston was knowing that Embiid could be out, having having been out all this time uh, from the team, being around the team but not practicing, was that he needed to be more aggressive going into this next series, which he felt he wasn't aggressive enough in the first round matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. So that was something that I kept my eye on early on. And you saw it yourself as he started off that first quarter and dropped in, what, 16 points in that opening frame Mm -hmm. to keep the Sixers at at bay and, you know, within reach of trying to get this one and, again, make sure that they could steal this game. So that was something that you saw was a, a an example of what he was doing throughout the entire game, starting from that first quarter, where he set that tone of being aggressive. So he hunted the matchups that he wanted. And even when he didn't, he didn't hesitate of doing the thing that we all know that he can do, which is taking that step back. But one of the things that I talked about also, Pete, on my uh, pregame show here in Philadelphia was if he has the opportunity to hit his mid-range jumpers, take them. Everything doesn't need to be a three. You need Mm -hmm. every possession to count and every shot to matter. And the field goal attempts in this game, even if the free, again, the mid-range jumpers are there. I know it's not a popular thing in today's game, but for him watching him all season, I thought they would be. And you saw how that was a big part of the opening quarter against the Celtics. Yeah. A few years ago, 45 points from James Harden on four free throw attempts would have seemed totally unthinkable, but he was able to do it by taking what Boston was giving him. And in this matchup, it seems like Boston should have an advantage with all of the wings that they can throw at Philadelphia, that Joel Embiid would be the guy that would create these problems. But DeAnthony Melton, he put in 17 in this game. Tyrese Maxey had 26, Tobias Harris, 18 of his own. So how were these other wings able to get their looks even when Boston doesn't have to worry about Joel Embiid. 
Well, the let's start with the DeAnthony Melton part because you mentioned his 17 points. Pete, the 15 points came in the first half because he, he dropped in five three-pointers in the first half, a perfect four for four in the second, and he had one in the first quarter when he was inserted into the game. And he wasn't hesitating. He's a streaky shooter. He admits to that, and we saw the good of him. Now, in that closing game against the Nets, he had 15 points in the fourth quarter which were all of his points in the game. So that carried over from that, even with the layoff. And he wasn't hesitating from beyond. They were, they were collapsing and trying to collapse and get the ball out of James Harden's hand. He was doing that when he found his open teammates. He found them, and they were ready to shoot. And while he only had five assists, a big key was sharing the basketball. So they all benefited from it. And the one in terms of Maxi, the key for him is just getting him on the move, get him the ball, allowing him to attack in the half court and get to the basket using his speed and certainly in transition. And that's what we saw against the Boston Wings tonight. The Sixers were plus 10 in the turnover department, just six turnovers in this game, which is remarkable considering they're having to play essentially an all-new style of basketball without Joel Embiid on the floor. How much of those 16 turnovers for Boston was what you saw as good Philly defense and just Boston not being, as Al Horford said after the game, as locked into this one as they should have been? Well, two things really quickly. Uh, the one, and then I'll answer your question, they have been without Joel Embiid and have played without Joel Embiid. And now tonight, after this, this is the 18th game, Pete, they have a 13-5 and record without wow. Joel Embiid. So it's not uncommon to play without him, and they know the style that they like to play. Normally, when they play this style, they have – uh, a number of assists, but they only had 17 on 45 makes. A lot of one-on-one because that's what it called for tonight. But they have been accustomed to playing without him uh, in those games. And again, a 13-5 and five record now uh, throughout the campaign. And then the other part to, to your question was uh, just simply, uh, again, just the belief that they had coming into this when they talked all week about the layoff and how they it, it was tough for them, had to simulate some games, keeping the game shape. They didn't want to lose the rhythm that they had closing out the two regular season wins with the four-game sweep of the Brooklyn Nets. But they wanted to come in this one, and they had the belief that they can win, sharing the basketball, trusting one another, confidence as they talk about with each other. And then the, the one thing that Doc Rivers also alludes to that I want to stress here that he talks about is ready to win. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia 76ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Sixers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Bruins may have set the record for the worst collapse in the history of sports. Before we discuss that, another friend of Aaron Rodgers will be joining him on the Jets this year. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be winning the NBA title. Or you can get in on the first game between the Lakers and Warriors tonight. FanDuel like Steph's side over LeBron's as Golden State is laying five. You can do all of this on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The New York Jets just keep bringing in Aaron Rodgers' friends. They signed Billy Turner to come hang out with his former quarterback and his former offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, this season. After not drafting a tackle until day three, the Jets had to do something to bolster what had been a weak position group last season. Turner was part of the unit that protected Rodgers from 2019 to 2021 when Hackett was the OC in Green Bay. He also started seven games at right tackle for the Denver Broncos last season. His contract is for one year and reportedly could be worth slightly over $3 million. In the NBA, the Suns wanted to avoid leaving Denver down 0-2 to the Nuggets. Well, Phoenix Suns missed a golden opportunity on the road, but the series isn't over yet. Brennan Clean here with Locked On Suns coming to you after a 97-87 loss by the Suns to the Denver Nuggets. Chris Paul going down is going to be the big story from this game. Third quarter, the Suns are up eight. It feels like everything is going right. Feels like the Suns are about to take a road playoff game and they crumble after he leaves and Cameron Payne, his backup is a minus 16 in the box score. Chris Paul, when he was in there, the Suns won those minutes by eight and that sort of tells the story of the game. Nikola Jokic is an absolute beast down the stretch. Devin Booker only has so much in the tank. Kevin Durant off again. Both of those guys start front rimming jumpers, clanking shots, gets ugly. Jokic takes it home. That's a game. For more on these Suns, listen to Locked On Suns wherever you get your podcasts. In the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Devils won their first playoff series in 11 years. They eliminated the Rangers after an inspiring performance from rookie goalie Akira Schmidt. He shut down the Rangers after saving 31 shots. The Devils advanced to take on the Carolina Hurricanes in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. The last playoff series the Devils won before this, they beat the Rangers in 2012 to advance to the Stanley Cup final. And speaking of struggling in the tri-state, the New York Yankees are officially struggling. This is Stacey Gautzulius of Locked On Yankees, and the Yankees dropped the first game to Cleveland 3-2. They were leading 2-0, heading into the top of the ninth. Domingo Herman pitching the game of his life. He had never pitched into the ninth inning in his professional career. His longest outing was seven and two-thirds in the minors. He had only given up one hit heading into the ninth. He gave up his second hit in the ninth inning after getting an out, and Aaron Boone decided, let's bring in Clay Holmes. And what happened when he brought in Clay Holmes? Well, Clay Holmes blew the save and lost the game. The Yankees now find themselves in the AL East cellar at 15 and 15 because the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays. And out of every single AL East team in their last 10, the Yankees are the worst at three and seven in their last 10. Can Garrett Cole stop this slide on Tuesday? Let's hope so. Here is another story you need to know. The Boston Bruins put together one of the most impressive regular seasons in modern hockey history. 
And then they lost in the first round. And they didn't just lose in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They blew a 3-1 lead, ultimately falling in Game 7 against the Florida Panthers. So what happened? Ian McLaren from Locked on Bruins joins me now. And Ian, there were a lot of factors. There always are in the postseason. It is never just one thing. But if you had to pick the driving force behind what we saw in pretty inglorious fashion, what is that one thing? I mean, I think the more that I've been thinking about it, it really seems as though the Bruins were more afraid to lose than they were Hmm. able to assert their dominance that we saw in the regular season. And we saw that especially uh, after a game five loss in overtime uh, to the Panthers where uh, goaltender Linus Allmark uh, made a pretty glaring turnover to um, give the puck away. Matthew Kachuk scored for the Panthers. From that point on, it really seemed like, yeah, the Bruins just lacked that killer instinct and, and the pressure just continued to mount on them. Whereas the Panthers, they were playing with house money, nothing to lose. Nobody had picked them to win this series. And, uh, you know, when you have a regular season that is that dominant, the pressure just escalates to, to not just get out of the first round, but the, the expectation was they'd at least be in the conference finals, if not battling for the Stanley cup. So I think maybe it was psychological. Yeah, they, they were the over, overwhelming issues. favorite to, yeah. to host the cup at the end of the season exactly. or at the end yeah. of the playoffs. So this is something that a team like the Milwaukee bucks in the NBA is is dealing with right now. They won eight seed, um, had only happened a handful of times mm-hmm. in the NBA, um, but they have arguably the best player in basketball. So for a team like the Bruins, after you put together a season like this, and as I mentioned, someone like Patrice Bergeron, mm-hmm. who has been an iconic uh, player in the NHL for a long time, may not be on the team anymore. The question becomes, Number one, how do you recover from a loss like this? And and where do you go? Where do you go from here? I mean, it's going to be tough for sure. Uh, like you mentioned, there's a very real possibility that Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci won't be back with the team next season uh, if they both choose to retire. And there's going to be a lot of turnover as well because of free agency. So it's going to be kind of this next wave of younger guys that need to step up and, and try to carve out their own legacies as Boston Bruins. Uh, Brad Marchand after lights last night's game said it's going to be a long time before they're able to get over that one. I'm sure yeah, some of them are still trying to get over 2019. And I mean, that's why they have sports psychologists, I guess, to, to try to get these guys in that frame of mind, because I honestly don't know how, how you bounce back from that uh, heading into next season. Just got to wipe the slate clean and uh, just learn from, from it and see the journey as the destination, all of that kind of stuff that you, you do to try to reframe yeah. these uh, types of situations. I hate to I hate to put you on the spot and I, I hate to dredge up memories that are potentially mm-hmm. better left undredged, but this is a Boston sports scene that has for the last few years anyway, the last 10 or so years, probably longer if you go with just the Patriots that have had a lot of, of great moments. Mm-hmm. Before that, they had a lot of unfathomably painful <laughs> moments. Where yep. does a collapse like this, do you think, resonate in terms of where, where would you rank it in terms of Boston sports moments of heartbreak? 
I mean, it's got to be right up there near the very top. The Bruins were 43 points ahead of Florida in the regular season standings. Mm. And it's different than losing in game seven of the Stanley Cup final because now we have to watch eight teams and four teams and two teams keep battling it out for the Stanley Cup for it to end this early, uh, knowing that there was so much left on the table. It's it's just devastating, and especially considering it could be the end for Patrice Bergeron. He deserved better. He was playing with a herniated disc in his back. He, he revealed after last night's game, but um, it's just completely yeah, devastating. Um, and it has to be right up there with some of the greatest collapses uh, of all time, especially since they had that 3-1 series lead and had two games on home ice in the final three in order to close it out and they couldn't get the job done. And not to mention had a lead in game seven with less than a minute left in regulation time, still couldn't get it done. It's, it's just devastating for sure. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Bruins by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on Bruins on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube coming up. Steph Curry is one of a kind. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We love talking about the all-time greats and who is better, Wilt or Kareem, Jordan or LeBron. These discussions are the very fabric of some friendships. As Howard Beck tells David Locke on Locked on NBA, Steph Curry is hard to compare to anyone else. But I, what I will say about Steph and that performance, other than holy moly, that was amazing, um, is that I wrote a piece last last spring as the Warriors were heading back to the finals at a se- in a season where no one, no one expected it. And once again, here we are not expecting it, and they're possibly on their way. Um, and it was about just Steph and the way that we talk about him and that we still, at that moment in time, and this is before he won the fourth championship, that we still didn't know how to process Steph. We didn't know how to describe him, how to talk about him, how to rank him, to your point, because he doesn't look or play like any other of the quote-unquote dominant superstars in NBA history, right? He's not a giant of the past, a Wilt Chamberlain, a Bill Russell, a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's not a Shaq. He's not a Hakeem. And then the in the in more modern times, you know, you had just the guys who jump out of the gym and can, can you know can can seemingly fly. Air Jordan, air for a reason. So the Michael Jordan prototype, the the Kobe Bryant uh, version of that, which is in the Michael Jordan mold, you know, Dr. J, uh, you know, going back to Elgin Baylor. So we have leapers, we have giants. We didn't have a Steph until we had Steph. Like LeBron is his own mold in a lot of ways, but LeBron's kind of a combination of Magic Johnson and Karl Malone. Steph is just Steph. And so the reason I wrote this piece last last spring was just the idea that like we're still grappling with how to 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 assess him and properly appreciate him. And the the beauty of it is that then he went on and won the championship and got his finals MVP finally. And now I I don't think anybody hesitates as you don't hesitate to say, "Hey, he's top 10 all time." 
Now it's just a matter of where in the top 10. How many guys is he leapfrogging now? One of the reasons that there is no Steph Curry comp is also one of the reasons why he is so beloved. Because Steph Curry, he's just like us. If you saw him on the street and didn't know who he was, you'd go, that's a tall person. But he's not big by NBA standards. He's a small guard, 6'3", but he is doing it in a way that makes everyone watching think, well, with enough time and effort and maybe more God-given talent than I have, that could be me. He is out there performing for the everyman, for all of us watching. He is the perfect David to the Goliaths of the NBA. Watching him go toe-to-toe with LeBron is almost startling because you're like, whoa, whoa, this isn't a fair fight. And yet, Steph Curry has the chance to overwhelmingly control the playoff series against LeBron James, one of the most physically gifted human beings to ever walk planet Earth. Steph Curry is beloved precisely because... There is no other comp, and that makes what he's doing even more remarkable. For him to do what he does at his size is not just what makes him great, though it is. It is what makes him relatable, and that is why we love him. And finally, the Ottawa Senators are nearing history in the NHL. A group led by businessman Nico Sparks and Snoop Dogg have put together a bid to purchase the Senators. Sparks will be the first black owner in NHL history. Snoop Dogg announced he was joining the effort via his Instagram page on Monday, and The Athletic reported that the musician is one of more than a dozen investors, including several other people of color, in Sparks' consortium. The sale could eclipse the $1 billion mark, which would be the richest in NHL history. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will LeBron or Steph get the early advantage? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.